Hi, I'm Isa Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hun. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. If you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Ringer F1 show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. Armorall, chosen by champions. It is the Ringer Up One Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. For the first time in a few months, I'm Kevin Clark. I'm here. I'm hosting the show. Megan Schuster, hello. How does it feel to be back in that chair? It feels really great, to be totally honest with you. Hosting stresses <laughs> me out. So so congrats to everyone who had to suffer through with me for the last few months. Uh, we're back to full strength. This well, is those exciting. People, I, have some, I have some news for those people, which is you're going to be heavily involved with the podcast going forward. Um, so you're not going anywhere. So if no. uh, so the Meg haters are sick. There are none of them. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the people you just mentioned, the hypothetical people, they don't exist. But man, they're throwing up right now. Uh, it mm-hmm. is Miami Grand Prix week. I am back. Uh, in in the F1 world, I was watching as, I mean, listen, I'm always watching as a fan, right? Um, but it's a different level of prep when you're doing this show, when you're writing about it. And so this week and last week were the first weeks I really got to kind of hone in on what the season looked like from the deepest perspective I possibly could. Um, and I'm excited to get back into it. I'm excited it's just, just for some housekeeping here. We're going to do this as kind of an early Miami preview. Both of us are going, as is our, our uh, ace producer, Erica. Uh, we're all going to Miami. So we will record Thursday afternoon once we get to the track, see it, walk around. You know, we're, we're such great racing minds. We really have to see the track, you know, track level. Just give it <laughs> all a the walk. visualization, all the, the visualization. elevation changes. You know, it's Some, all there. The, it's all there. The, bod- the body language that we see in the paddock, <laughs> we, we can we can report back on that. No. Um, so we're going to get to the track on Thursday. We'll record. Uh, if anybody doesn't remember from last year, essentially, Formula One does not allow podcasting in the paddock. So we have to po- podcast from our rental car. Uh, I actually was WhatsApping, no big deal, with uh, Nate Saunders the other day from ESPN because wow. um, he's international. Him and Ryan mm-hmm. Hunt are the two people I WhatsApp with. Kevin they, should, I think you and I should start WhatsApping. I love WhatsApp because we're, we're on an F1 podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just relate what, to all of the fans. <laughs> so, uh, and he, Nate Saunders is locked in for a for a uh, rental car podcast. <laughs> so we're just, I'm just really excited about the whole thing. A um, couple things before, what we're going to do here is just our really early preview and we're just going to do things we're watching, um, just kind of BS for a little bit, get back, get back in the swing of things. Um, I need, I certainly needed a rep before, before, uh, <laughs> before the asphalt, I see the asphalt there in, uh, or the limestone in, in Miami. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. A couple things. Number one, did you see Daniel Ricardo with the Met Gala last night? I did. Um, 
not to uh, diss Daniel Ricardo, but I was a little shocked that he got the invite. I kind of thought that was reserved no. for people of like Lewis S- Hamilton stature the and above. Ath- athletes who were there, SGA. No, was I there. really didn't. Stefan Diggs was there. Okay, then fair enough. Then he deserved the invite. Um, I, yeah, I'm very not, happy. Nothing for him. against either of those those gentlemen who were both very fine athletes in their respective <laughs> sports, but Daniel Ricardo on international stage is more famous than Stefan yes. Diggs. Yes. Um, yeah, I was really happy for him. He's really been living his best life so far this year. I think uh, the yeah. year off is, is doing him very well. And hopefully this leads to great things to come in, in the next few seasons. Do you want him back in F1? Like, I kind of feel like him being out of it. It's like when a team, I don't know if, I, yeah, European teams do do this, where they hire like the the 55-year-old alumnus and he just <laughs> sort of goes into like sweets and glad hands, right? Yeah. Like every yeah. team has that. Like the Knicks, they just parade John Starks around. It's like, oh, look, there's John Starks. <laughs> he can take a photo. Um, speaking of, I have a very funny John Starks story. So one time uh, when I covered the Knicks, John Starks was taking a photo with the entire team of Everton. And okay. Frank Asola and I walked up and we're like, hey, why is Everton here? And he's like, buddy, I've been taking photos for with people for 20 years. I have no <laughs> idea who they are and I don't ask questions. <laughs> and I was like, excellent. Um, Great strategy. Anyway, uh, so, like, Daniel Ricardo feels like a, more of like an F1 ambassador. If you saw the Anne Hathaway interaction, did you? No, I didn't. So Anne Hathaway went up and the lip readers were out. But this was clear. I think there's like a, a total wing of like junk lip reading going on on Twitter. Mm-hmm, but this was mm-hmm. real. That she really mm-hmm. did mouth like, I love Formula One. So like that's... At, so Daniel Ricardo okay. is that that entree into the world of like Anne Hathaway at Met Gala. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a symbol of F1. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would like to see him back next year. I think my only caveat is that it's been so fun having him back with Red Bull. I think he's the only one who's really capable of bringing out a mildly funny side of Max Verstappen that we don't see with anyone oh, else. Oh, so he's like a social media coordinator. Pretty much, yeah. But it's like they have so much history where like it's fun to see them interact. And so I think the only real team that I would want to see him on outside of like, you know, maybe Mercedes or something, but I don't think that'll happen. So really the only team I'd want to see him on is Red Bull and Checo's doing, I think too well right now for that to happen, but, um, never rule it out. I guess you never know what the, the Red Bulls. Yeah. I want to get to Checo Perez in a second here. I do want to yes. do a little more updates. Uh, number one is that Miami is going to be unbelievable this weekend. Unfortunately, the heat game is or during the afternoon during qualifying. So no drivers mm-hmm. can go. Uh, I don't know how tapped in they are with the Florida Panthers. I don't know. You never know. They Lance might Stroll? have to get tapped in. Is Lance Stroll yeah. a Habs fan? I would guess so. That would be my I assumption. I don't know. Let We're me... going to look into it. Um, no Latifi anymore. So that's RIP. We, we lost. We lost a hockey fan. Um, so he's... it's going to be. Um, it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, he's but... from Montreal. So yeah, yeah. I would say Habs. There we go. Uh, Total Wolf is going to teach a Harvard Business School. Yes, Another... incredible. Another thing he's doing. Um, I like that. Uh, what can we learn from Total Wolf? Anything. Everything. everything. Yeah, everything. I, I, would, everything. I would listen to him talk about anything, to be honest. That's right. That's right. Including how to fix the car, which he talks about <laughs> every single week now. Um, and I just saw that uh, Gasly and Ocon are at the Roval in Charlotte driving NASCARs. So I'm excited about that. I feel like they've planned out this year a little better on the American stuff because... First of all, we know Botas is going to do his biking stuff somewhere in America. He's out yep. there probably right now, just by, just biking up a storm. But last year, they they brought both Red Bull drivers to a Miami Marlins game. There were like fifty people there. It was bad. <laughs> 
We can't do that. We got it. We got to show them a better side of America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing it. We're doing it well now. Um, so let's do our takeaways. Yes. Um, I want to start, Meg, with what Miami looks like this year. Because last year, I think we were all blinded in the short term. And this is a good thing by the spectacle, by yes. the celebrity. And I, I mentioned that someone had said to me afterwards, maybe Nate, like, was Miami a success? Because internationally with the hardcore race fans, it was not a, a success because it was a bad race. There were driver complaints everywhere. And that's kind mm-hmm. of how you gauge it. Was it exciting? Were there any overtakes? Whatever. And I said, you know, it was, it was a success in that like 5 trillion people liked the David Beckham, Michael Jordan uh, uh, Tom Brady, Lewis Hamilton photo, right? Like that's right, what actually what right. that's what I feel like Miami was going for. It's not what you yes. and I were going for. It's now what uh, probably not even what Lewis Hamilton was going for. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what it was in the first year. The spectacle of it all. They have real water in the marina now. Um, I'm so excited. They have they have repaved. So last year it was limestone, and going into Sunday, every driver was basically just like this is this is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um the surface was too was too slippery. Fernando Alonso called it non F1 standard. Um there I believe he said it was all, like all, driving on gravel basically. Mm-hmm. Uh racing Sergio Perez said the racing was bad. Um and so they made some changes. They didn't change the track. There were questions about whether or not they were going to change um, the kind of dramatic turn, I believe it's turn 13, 14, 15. They didn't yep. do any of that stuff. The paddock is now on the football field, in, extends onto the football field in the stadium. Part of that, I read, it was so hot last year. And I invested in short sleeve shirts this year because I brought <laughs> too many long sleevers, too many pairs of pants, not going to be caught flat-footed again this year. Mm-hmm. But part mm-hmm. of that is that there is a covering over the football field, as we know from watching Dolphins and Hurricanes games, and that fans can just go and look at the paddock and also get some shade because it's really hard to find shade elsewhere unless you're in actual hospitality. Um, So there are some changes. Um, I think that there was probably an overstatement of how bad the race was last year. Um, I believe there were 45 overtakes, according to mm-hmm. a, the, the the race organizers last year. That's not the worst thing in the world. I think didn't Baku last week have 13? Um, so let's not very of, minimal. Yeah, let's not say that it was just a complete disaster. But there was a lot of room for improvement. Um, sounds like ticket sales are not like what they were last year. They're going to sell out. They did add general admission, which I quite like. Um, but Tyler Epp, who runs the race, former Chiefs employee, said basically they're expecting a sellout. They're in a good place. The first year is going to be the first year, but the second year is it. So I guess the overarching point, Meg, is that the first year you can get by on a spectacle. But in order to be a, a racing mainstay, in order to be a track that people just don't roll their eyes for, and there are a lot of those on, on the F1 track, on the F1 calendar, um, but they don't last a long time, usually. Uh, there has, this has to be about the racing. This has to be about the racing. It has to be about delivering results you can have a crazy atmosphere and that helps but you got to give people something on the track and that's why i'm excited to see what happens this year i i agree i i think what you're talking about about the repaving of the track was critical to having this be any sort of success the second time around like you said the drivers complained about it quite a bit last year and, and they remedied it to some degree by sunday where i think coming out of the race they were a little less harsh on it than they had been, you know, during practices and qualifying. But 
still, I think the race organizers admitted that there were a number of places where overtaking just wasn't possible because there was really one drivable line on parts of the track. And, you know, you can't overtake when, when you're driving over what's essentially gravel. So I think that was critical. Um, I'll be curious about, like you said, turns 14 and 15, because they didn't iron out that chicane. They said that they ended up getting a bit of mixed reviews on that from drivers after last year. So they didn't see it as kind of an immediate thing, but, um, Daniel Ricardo did call it Mickey Mouse stuff last year, which is never something that you want to hear. So who knows? I guess we'll see. But yeah, I, I do hope that with the lack of first time around spectacle and that will be going to Vegas this year, that hopefully they can just kind of settle into a really good routine, mixing some of the celebrity in with a legitimately good, good racetrack and... Yeah, I mean, I hope the overtakes continue and I hope that they're able to do that with a a better, well-paved all-around track this time. There's, there's always going to be a baseline of celebrity Yes, in Miami. Like Vin Diesel, I saw, is going to be there as part of the coverage. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Um, I'm going to have a voice this year, unlike last year where I was doing horse, Huge. horse shit <laughs> from uh, from the, the, the rental car. Um, but... I just, it, it needs to be about more. It needs to be celebrities plus. It needs to be atmosphere plus. It needs to, yes. It needs to cater to the average fan. The average fan, by the way, of F1 is still, uh, still having to spend a lot of money to do this. Um, I saw some of the ticket prices earlier this week. I think part of the problem when you, when you charge exorbitant prices and you're already a destination and there's not that many hotels to go around is, you're not competing with Austin or Vegas mm-hmm. or even like the Daytona 500. You're competing with like Monaco. Like why, yeah. if you're going to spend $10,000 to go to Miami, you can spend $10,000. Like I actually had uh, one of my neighbors is trying to, he and his friends are trying to do a Vegas trip uh, for, for November. And I was like, you know, with the prices they're charging, just go to Silverstone, go to yep. Imola. Like, what yep. the hell? Like, why? Why are we getting like a a bungalow at Caesars instead of like, <laughs> you know, whatever? I, I don't know. But uh, it, it's it's that's that's part of the problem. So you need to deliver them something. Um, and I'm I'm intrigued to see it. I do know that they, they told me F one. Uh, someone connected with F one and told me that they they don't re- like to release the celebrity schedules ahead of time mm. because. The way F1 works is that they have, like, for races like this, they have the most famous people in the world on the list because their rep says they're definitely coming. But sure. then celebrities think that, like, we don't really get this. But, like, if you're LeBron James and you wake up on May 8th and you don't have a playoff game as he didn't last year and he's confirmed to be somewhere or he's rumored to be somewhere, you can kind of go to any place in the world that day. <laughs> Any place in the world, hop up on the PJ and be like, you know, I thought about going to that Formula One race, but I'd rather, I don't know, I'm feeling like I'm in a wine mood. I'll just go to Napa. <laughs> you can do that. He can do that. And so it's hard. So someone was telling me basically like an F1, the celebrity wrangling is, is quite hard because mm. someone will say like, I'm definitely coming. And then they'll wake up and be like, am I coming? I don't know. Anyway, what do we got? Celebrities being flaky. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, What's your first takeaway? I think my first takeaway or that I'm looking forward to the most is Checo. And I know we mentioned him very briefly, but this is a street circuit. And he, as of this year, is firmly cementing himself as the street circuit king of the track. And, 
you know, I watched a really great video from the race this morning about this and, you know, whether he is actually that much more dominant than other people, even compared to Max Verstappen. Yeah. But yep. uh, he does have six total F1 wins and five have come on street circuits. So we can't ignore that. That includes two this year. Um, and he's just become quite an expert at navigating tight corners. He's incredibly accurate on exiting those corners. And he's just six points back of Max. So I expect nothing except pure aggression from him this weekend. And hopefully he's able to do well in qualifying and is able to get out to a good start so that, you know, any sort of intra-team strategy decisions don't affect or impact his outcome. But I'm really, really curious to see whether he can sort of ride this early wave into Miami. Agree. I also think the heat didn't matter necessarily last year since Max won, but the heat makes tire deg so important. And yes. it's actually kind of funny because I love listening to the podcast from like the tech guys and the uh, like the old school racing guys. All they talk about is tire degradation. That's all they talk <laughs> about. They're just like, ah, the tires and it's going to be a tire race. And it's like, that's all they care. It's like old football guys talking about blocking, right? Because mm-hmm. it really, it does matter so much, but we just don't, we just don't sit around talking about it. Um, but in the heat, Checo knows what to do with it. I've heard some people call into question whether or not, as you just alluded to, he really is a, a street a street yeah. maven. Um, I'm intrigued to see what this is because there's sort of two types of number two driver title challenge. Um, Botas, I believe, was was first in the World Drivers Championship in 2019 after four races. We've seen this in the past. Checo's won half the races. I get that. Uh, I want to see whether or not Checo can put up a fight. And I really do think he actually has to have he actually has to go on a run in order for this for people to yes. believe it. Like he has to win like two, three races in a row. He has to get a. I'm not saying he'll ever get a comfortable cushion, but he has to get a little bit of separation where we say, "Hey, he can actually do this thing." And then the entire thing changes, and the team orientation changes, and then his attitude changes. Max's attitude changes. Max can will probably, if he has any shame at all, which I think he does, uh, will probably you know stop acting like Checo should get out of the way for him at all times. Um, and so <laughs> we'll I just don't. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think that he really needs to uh, establish himself this week, frankly, as as someone who can actually do this. Because I think we've we've all grown for good reason a healthy degree of skepticism around number two drivers challenging. Yeah, I agree with that, and especially agree with the run and doing it now because we've had a greater concentration of street circuits, which whether or not he is the king there, it certainly closes the gap between him and Max pretty considerably. And it's not a 50-50 split between street circuits and, you know, normal tracks going forward. We're going to have a, a much greater number of, of sort of the straight tracks um, after this weekend. So I, I think it's going to be really important for him to make an, an early statement. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. Armorall, chosen by champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Mobile One. The Mobile One brand knows podcasts are a great escape. You can listen to people talking about living and maybe even driving, but of course, there's no substitute for the real thing. So the next time you're looking for an escape, try an actual escape. Take this podcast for a ride in the car and immerse yourself in the drive, because sometimes the best way to escape reality is to truly live in it. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash the ringer to learn more. Can anything else happen this weekend from from your perspective that would change anything with with the top? I mean, I get I, I, I it just feels like we know who the fastest cars are. Um, we know kind of what the the levels are a month in. Like, is there anything that you're looking at where you're saying like this could change the way if something happens blank this weekend, this could change the way I view top 10, whatever? I think it'd have to be a reliability issue. And and yeah. this is something that Christian Horner talked about a bit going into Baku. And, and I think he was really just trying to like downplay Red Bull's dominance by saying this, which is he's he's really good strategically at this kind of thing. So I'm sure that's what his end game was. But he mentioned that, you know, this is something that they're watching very closely, the reliability stuff. And that is sort of a thing that he sees as a potential hindrance to them. Um, so I, I think it would really have to be you know, something goes down with either Max or Checo's car this weekend, and that opens the door for potentially a Fernando Alonso or maybe a Charles Leclerc. Ferrari's bringing some upgrades this weekend, but that's oh, good. that's that'll really help. the that'll yeah <laughs> that'll solve everything. Um, but I think that's that's really the main possibility for me. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it has to be reliability, and I mean, listen. The other thing is, I, someone said this re- maybe a month ago. The only, t- the only, this is not going to change the world constructors championship, and it probably won't change the world drivers championship. But at this point, the only team that can stop Red Bull is Red Bull, and the only yeah. thing that can tangibly change what happens with the top two drivers is if those guys actually get in a title fight and everything. And I think the the one team order that that Horner had the other day was don't uh, in Baku was don't have a repeat of the Ricardo Verstappen crash from a few years ah. ago in Baku. I believe a turn one like that. Uh-huh. That's that's the only thing that can tangibly change anything about this season is those two guys turn on each other mm-hmm. and and there's problems, right? Like the end yeah. of Jurassic Park kind of thing with Velociraptors <laughs> against the T-Rex. That's that's the only thing that could possibly change anything. Um, all right. I want to talk about one thing, which is that I am starting to learn to love the state of play in Formula One, which is Red Bull has a significantly better car than everybody else. Aston Martin has a second one with a lot of the same resources as Mercedes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, using the same wind tunnel, all that stuff. The time is obviously different. Different. There's a couple of differences. Like Aston Martin is solving a problem right now. Mercedes is not. And I'm starting to learn to love the, the situation we're going to be in for the next probably four to five years, which is the only thing that matters is who's going to catch Red Bull. And the fact that it's going to take such a massive project for Mercedes to do it in the spending cap era, um, which, by the way, we know maybe Red Bull didn't didn't adhere to religiously. Yeah. But Ferrari, Mercedes, 
Aston Martin now, McLaren trying to do anything, all of them trying to reach this particular mountaintop and maybe not even getting there. Red Bull caught or returned to the summit, but caught Mercedes mm-hmm. on the last lap of the last race of the previous era. That to me is amazing storytelling. And that's, that's all this is. Because if you don't understand the tire degradation, most people don't. I don't, I, I don't know what Anne Hathaway's particular feeling on tire degradation is. <laughs> but my guess is that she came in like, like you and I did. And we've, we've gotten a deeper understanding of it. But it's, it's, this is storytelling. And we know what this is. We know what this is. And we know the goal. And I'm starting to learn to love. And this is a big takeaway. I've been, for the past month, I've been watching this. And I haven't had a, had a voice to, to be able to talk. I guess I could have called in. I could have been Kevin on a cell uh, at the Ringer <laughs> F1. I thought just called in. I just Zoom bombed you. Um, <laughs> but I, I keep seeing different things about this regulation era. I just saw that Max Verstappen said that the cars are too heavy for passing. And then the slow corners, it's really hard to follow. Um, I just saw, uh, I think Andrew Benson the other day was kind of summarizing the season. And he said, well... Red Bull was fastest down the straights, fastest in the corner, and also fastest in DRS. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, or best in DRS. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And it's like, who starts to chip away at that? Who starts to chip away when the playing field behind them is significantly more level, when Mercedes is trying, but it seems like maybe even their fixes, they were looking at the wrong spot. Maybe they were too... I mean, Mercedes, to me, is starting to, and we'll see how this develops, but Mercedes, to me, is starting to look like a bit like a football team or a basketball team where they spend all off season saying, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. We got to fix this. But the way the sport moves from formula one or football is that you got to fix everything and you have mm-hmm. to always be innovating. So if you fix one thing, in this case, the porpoising, you might have neglected something else. I mean, this is, again, I've gone back to the Ross Braun quote a million times from his book, which is that, I think it's called total competition, which is that he believes that there are some years of the, the team that, or the, the car that won the race in the first race would finish last in the last race. That's just how quickly things go. And so you're not just fighting against Red Bull, you're fighting against the sport itself. And so I have resigned to the fact that Red Bull is going to win both championships this year. I maybe can be intrigued by Checo competing mm-hmm. a little bit, but I, I think mm-hmm. we all know how this turns out. But now I know what this story is, and now I want to know how it ends. It is really interesting, right? Because now it feels like there's a pack of Wolverines just like lurking behind Red Bull. And, and like you said, the lead right now seems insurmountable unless something very, very drastic happens. But we d- we've we gotten some surprises early this season. We've gotten Aston Martin coming seemingly out of nowhere to do very, very well. And whether or not they're able to keep that up over the course of the season remains to be seen since it seems like they've spent a lot of money on the current iteration of the car and who knows how much they'll be able to develop it during this season. But that was a really huge leap. And if they're able to make something like that, who's to say that somebody like Mercedes, who has such a long history of solid car development, can't fix something now that it seems like they've accepted the fact that their initial design for these new regulations was very, very flawed. And they're ready to kind of throw that out the window and start fresh. So I I believe that there's something there. I don't think that Lewis Hamilton would be continuing to engage on potential contract talks if he didn't believe there was some glimmer of hope down the road. But between Aston Martin and Mercedes and, you know, who knows, maybe Ferrari can can get their heads straight and, and try to figure something out, although they keep losing yeah, people okay. to other teams, okay. yeah. which is, is concerning. Big Fred, Big Fred the other day said they need to stop bullshitting themselves. Yes. Which I think is yes. correct. 
Yes. It was very telling. I think he was talking about, you know, all the upgrades that they have coming. He's like, listen, just because we have upgrades coming doesn't mean we're going to catch Red Bull. And that was kind of refreshing, you know, to not delude themselves into believing that this is going to change everything. But it is going to be a really interesting fight. And I think the fact that we saw Aston Martin do something so surprising this season gives me hope that maybe this won't be like a four years down the road thing. Maybe even next season or in two seasons, someone will be able to get close. We're doing a real. We're gonna put up. Uh, we're gonna put up. Miss me yet? Bonotto billboards around the Ferrari complex. <laughs> Marinello. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing. He tried wrong. so hard. He tried so hard. Uh, what's your next thing you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the rookies, and it's yeah. it's been a very hit or miss start for them. But I'm excited, especially this weekend, to see how Logan Sargent does in his home race. He's from Fort Lauderdale. Um, you haven't already listened to Katie Baker's audio feature on him Got on this to. feed. Please do so because she did it's a wonderful his hometown job. Race. His hometown race. And we saw Oscar Piastri score his first points in Australia, which is exciting. And I know hometown races always offer some extra pressure, but this is always one that you want to get up for. And, and I think he should be really excited to return here as F1's only American driver. So that'll be fun. Nick DeVries has had a really tough time in a very tough Alpha Tauri car, but he is someone who is very exciting in limited appearances last year. So that should be fun. And Oscar Piastri was fighting a wicked stomach flu last weekend where he apparently lost a ton of weight and was surviving off of dry toast, which sounds awful going into a Formula One car in those circumstances. But They've all been really kind of fun and exciting in their own ways so far this season. And I'm excited to see how they keep developing, um, especially this weekend. I should know the answer to this. As most people say, uh, as lawyers say, don't ask a question you know the answer to. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the F1 schedule for this weekend just to see what we're going to be doing. And uh, on Wednesday, there's a, there's a thing, there's a trackside event that we won't be going to. Because um, maybe you can, but I'm, I'm getting in later that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at something called so it's 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 on the track it's called casa tua did they name it after tua tagovailoa <laughs> i would think is there so, any that, other explanation that would the mean dolphins run it. that would mean like tua's house right so what probably who for tua wow what a celeb Someone's, total wolf's gonna just have to sort of get brush up on who tua is like this is what a huge moment for him we might have to ask uh, some F1 people their opinions on concussion protocols going forward. And <laughs> they t- they tried. You will get. Uh, I don't know if you have any Dolphins fans uh, in your life, but you will get plenty of Dolphins hats and helmets. They hand Great. them out to everybody. So can't wait. Yeah, John Nostromsky's going to be eating. <laughs> um, last year they uh, last year they handed me a Dolphins hat, and I, I said I can't take that. And the F1 employee, was a British woman and an Italian woman, was like, oh, are the Dolphins not your team? And I was like, oh, no, but I'm an NFL journalist. I don't want to take it. And she's like, well, who is your team? And I was like, well, actually, my team plays in the stadium, but they are like in a kind of, mm. it, it's like a different team, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, so they're rivals, like Inter Milan and AC Milan. They play in the same stadium and hate each other. And I'm like, no, no. not exactly. <laughs> uh, my team is a college team. And they're like, explain college football to me. And I was like, man, that's going to take three hours. I tried. I tried. <laughs> but imagine explaining college football. An elevator pitch for college football feels impossible. Unbelievably impossible, especially at a track where there's 100 people and we're all trying to trying to move around. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, this is this this is, can be as intriguing a weekend as you want. Um, 
I'm excited to see Aston Martin. Um, I've not seen in person Fernando, a relevant Fernando Alonso in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, he's been kind of floundering. He left F1 for a year. But the race I've been to and the media access I've been to and the events I've been to, um, he has never been in the mix like this. He's never afraid to say anything at any time. I'm fascinated to see it. I'm excited to see how the driver demeanors have changed over the past year now that we kind of know what the what the narrative of the season is and also just what they say about about Miami. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, the, the track was underwater a couple of weeks ago because of flooding that just sort of happens yeah. in South Florida. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. The thing about F1 is that the drivers are just so blunt in, in most cases that you really get a narrative coming out of the weekend that 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 you understand like a good example is there was a, a guy last year i guess from the indianapolis paper who kept asking f1 drivers whether or not f1 should go back to indy and mm. like they kept being like not really like it was just very <laughs> funny and like some of them were very nice or some of them like i love watching the indy 500 but like a lot of them were just like listen was like uh no, no one really wants to go to Indianapolis. Like it was a, so you get a level of candor that I actually don't think you get in, in a lot of sports. Um, all right. Anything else? Um, can I just say one thing about Fernando yes, Alonso going into this weekend? Cause I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, Taylor Swift related buzz. Um, unfortunately she has three shows back to back to back in Nashville over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I don't think we'll be getting any sightings to, uh, further those rumors, unfortunately, which I'm sad to say. I'm not seeing a no podcasting rule on this on this list. It's perhaps they've waived it. Perhaps they were so mm. moved by the car park pods <laughs> of last year. We're going to have to check it out. There's only one way to find out, which is just start loudly podcasting in the paddock and see what happens. Um, Meg Schuster, Good. I will see you in person for an in-person F1 pod in two days. See you then, pal. I can't wait. I can't wait. See you soon. Thank you to Erica Cervantes, who will also be in Miami. See you guys. This has been the Ringer F1 show on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.